0: You're listening to You've Got This, Q&A number 47. I'm Katie Linder, host of You've Got This. Each week, I post a Q&A episode to answer questions related to surviving and thriving in an academic life. You can email, tweet, or comment in the show notes to ask a question that could be featured on the show. Now onto today's question. On this Q&A episode, I'm answering a question from a listener. And recently, I actually got two questions from this listener, and they're both really good. Um, They came in the same email. So I'm going to split them out into kind of part one and part two of these different Q&A episodes. So I'm going to do one of them this week, and then I'll do the, the second question next week. So the first question is about deciding whether or not to accept an invitation to speak. And here's the question that came in. How do you decide whether or not to accept invitations? There seems to be the case to build out one's CV and get some experience outside one's comfort zone. So much of academia is uncompensated, presenting at conferences for example, but then there's the argument that if the answer to whether or not you should do it isn't hell yes, the answer should be a big no. I feel like if I always went with this approach, I would never accept any invitations because my confidence isn't where it would need to be in order to say hell yes to a single speaking invitation that I've ever received. It seems like this approach assumes a level of confidence that I'm not sure I'll ever have in life. So I want to say, first of all, thank you so much to this listener for reaching out and asking this question. Um, And I'm happy to talk about kind of my rationale for deciding whether or not to accept an invitation to speak. So typically what happens is I will get an email from someone who asks me if I can come and speak or facilitate a workshop or something at their event. And I can give a recent example. I've been talking with one institution over the past several months about keynoting a conference that's happening this fall. And um, typically what I will do is um, respond to their email. And if they haven't told me already, the first thing I want to know is when the event is, because I'm not sure I'll be available. So before we even go any further with any information or me trying to figure out if this is a good fit, I want to know you know, if, if I can even do it. And if I can, then we continue on. If I can't, then um, I usually refer them to other people who might be a good fit for the event. So if I can do the event, then typically I want to talk with the um, person who's inviting me to try to figure out if I'm a good fit. And just because they've kind of heard that I do certain things or maybe they've gotten like a word of mouth recommendation from someone else, which is a big way that people hear about my speaking is they ask around and somebody recommends them um, to me because I was at their school or something like that. Um, I want to know what exactly it is they're trying to accomplish through their event and if I think I'm a good fit because sometimes they may want something that I don't think I can give. So typically what I will do is set up an initial conversation either by Skype or phone just to try to figure out what you know what's the event, who's the audience, what kinds of things are they hoping for, and a lot of the times that I do any kind of speaking, I typically build workshops around those engagements as well. So it's typically like I'm there for a whole day at the minimum. And I'll do you know a workshop in the morning, a keynote at lunch, and then another workshop at the end of the day. Another typical thing that I'll do is build in um, individual coaching throughout the day. So it's very common for me to work with an event organizer to try to figure out kind of a series of things that I might do for that event. So if I know the availability of the event and I know that I can do it and I talk with this person and I feel like based on the goals for the event, I can meet those goals. um, Then the next question is whether or not their budget meets what would make me go to that event. So I talked in a previous episode on keynoting about my baseline price. Um, and the the actual next question from this same listener is about talking about money with people that you invite to speak, that invite you to speak. So I don't want to go into super detail about that now because I'm going to address it in more detail in the next Q&A. Um, but just to say that I need to know that if I'm going to be traveling, and at this point in my... Um, like where I live, if I'm going to be traveling to the East Coast from the West Coast, uh, I have a certain baseline that I need to have um, in order to do that trip. And uh, it takes more vacation time and it's more travel time and just time out of my schedule and all those things. So it's, it has to be kind of an investment for me. So I need to know if I'm available, if I can meet the goals of their event, and if they have the budget to bring me out for what is kind of my typical baseline fee based on where they're located in the, the U.S., Now, I think what's also interesting about this question is this person has said, you know, whether or not it's a hell yes, you know, should it just be a no if it's not a hell yes? And if you're just getting started with speaking, and it sounds like that's the case with this person, um, you're going to have a little bit of nervousness, and it's not always going to feel like a hell yes, because you're going to be nervous. And I think that um, that doesn't necessarily go away, but I think you do get more comfortable with speaking over time. And it also has to do with just like what are you interested in speaking about? Like there are a series of things that I used to speak about pretty regularly, and I don't really speak about those things anymore because I've moved on in terms of my own professional life, what I'm writing about, what I'm thinking about, and I just don't really cover those topics so much anymore. So sometimes I'll go and do a speaking engagement as kind of a like a personal favor to a colleague that I know and they they know that I do this work and they want me to come out and it's a more like personal invitation to come out and do something. But if it's an area where I just don't really want to do that thing anymore, then sometimes I'll turn it down and I'll recommend them to someone else. Because I think that part of the thing you have to consider when you're taking these speaking engagements is it's very easy for these things to become things that you are known for. And the higher education speaking circuit, especially around things like professional development for faculty, is a relatively small world. So There's listservs and things where people are asking each other, you know, who speaks on this topic or who speaks on that topic? And if you start to speak in a certain area, then you will become known for speaking in that area and people will reach out to you. And I found this to be true from the very beginning of my speaking that, you know, you speak one place and three other people will contact you. It's just kind of the way that it works. There's a lot of word of mouth recommendation. So I think that that's the other reason to decide whether or not to accept an invitation is, you know, does it fit into your schedule? Do you feel like you can talk about the topic that they want? Are you interested in that topic still? Do you want to become known for that thing? And what kind of budget do they have? And do you feel like that budget adequately compensates you for what you're going to be doing? Now, an extra thing to consider, and this is specifically tied to the budget issue, is let's say they don't have much of a budget, but you feel like it's worth it because you're going to be in front of a certain kind of audience and you think that you want to go because um, maybe you're gonna get exposure in a certain way that you think is gonna be really helpful. Um, and for me, it could be not necessarily exposure for me as a speaker, but like exposure for me as a podcaster or you know, as someone who has a particular product or something like that. And a good example of this would be, I'm gonna be doing some workshops um, online, some webinars upcoming with an organization this fall. And those are not webinars that I'm being compensated for. I reached out to them and said, you know, I have some topics that I think could be a good idea. And I'm also going to be um, creating this course that I'm going to want to promote on the webinar when I do it in the fall. Like, would that be okay? And that was kind of my trade off. I didn't need to be compensated for the webinar, but I wanted to be able to promote something that I'm going to be offering this fall. So I think that you can also consider those things. What are the kinds of um, like barter agreements basically that you could um, put into effect that might make the engagement feel like it's worth it for you if the budget is not there? So those are just a few of the things that I think about when I'm deciding whether or not to accept an invitation to speak. And next week, I'm going to get into more of the talking money with people who invite you to speak. This was the second part of the question. So hang around for that. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Q&A. I'm Katie Linder, and I'll be back next week answering another question. Show notes and transcripts for each episode of You've Got This can be found at ygtforyouvegotthispodcast.com. That's ygtpodcast.com. To comment on today's show, suggest a topic for me to discuss, or ask a question that could be featured in a future episode, connect with me on Twitter at katie double underscore linder or at ygt underscore podcast. You can also connect with me by emailing feedback at ygtpodcast.com. If you find that you've got this podcast to be a helpful resource, please consider leaving the show or a review in iTunes. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And tell your friends and colleagues, the best promotion for the show is definitely word of mouth. You can also hear from me each week on the Research in Action podcast available in iTunes and via my Learn Like a Boss weekly email newsletter. Subscribe to this newsletter at KatieLinder.org to receive an essay focused on topics like productivity, resilience, and what it means to learn like it's your job delivered directly to your inbox each week. If you want to learn more about my work and projects or how to hire me as a consultant, workshop facilitator, or speaker, visit my website katylinder.work. Finally, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, visit ygtpodcast.com sponsors. Thanks for listening.